How many people have ever built anything? How many people have ever had to build something in your life? Maybe it's a building. Uh, when I was young, I used to build billy carts. How many people are billy cart builders? I used to have drag ones, you know, really long front, the wheels were out the front, stuff like that. I'd make all little racing ones and fast ones. We only had one hill in our town, and so it was very hard to find position on the hill to get your billy cart going down it. But uh, what else? I built a car once. How many people have built a car? I started from scratch and built a car, and uh, it took me about two years to build it. And uh, you build it according, don't you? You build it. If you want it to go fast, you use lightweight material. If you want it to go... Uh, be more of a show pony, then you can sort of build it differently, don't you? Put all the extra trims and a bit more chrome in it and stuff like that. Ever built a team of people? Ever built a business? Ever built things like that? Have you all know there's certain qualities that you need to build into what you're building to make it a quality product at the end? Is that true? If you're sloppy with it, don't be surprised if you build a billy cart, the wheels fall off. Is it true? If you don't build a team of people properly, make sure that you've got to make sure that it doesn't fall apart when the pressure comes on your team. Building things is fairly important. Today we're talking again about... Oh, good. <laughs> Today we're talking about... Nehemiah, good. And so we're talking about a guy who rebuilt the walls, and today we're talking about... My title of my message is The Rough Edge of Resilience. And how important it is. We want to talk about loyalty and its value. And I trust that today some of the captives get set free in your heart, perhaps. Maybe a prophetic message again to you to be able to understand what it takes to be a kingdom builder in your own personal life will cover some of those qualities that are important in your character to be able to do that. I want to thank God up front for my mum and dad who built some great qualities in my life when it comes to character. So important, isn't it? You know, the, the qualities of character can uh, take you in different directions if you don't understand certain qualities of your character. If you're a, a, a taking person rather than a giving person, it can take you in a different direction in life, true? Yeah? If you're, not, if you're a hating person or an angry person, it will take you in a different direction in life. If you're a loving person or a kind person, it will take you in a different direction, isn't it true? And, and so these qualities of character shine through, show through it's so many different situations or choices in life. Is that right? And so today we're talking about another aspect of character. One of the things that I'm always passionate about is training leaders and seeing leaders grow and seeing people go grow. I love that. Why is that? It's because I don't think the world is actually short of plumbers or electricians or accountants or fishermen. I think the world is short of leaders. People who can show leadership qualities. And one of the leadership qualities that I love about Nehemiah was he was a person who sh showed initiative. He actually showed some initiative. It's a different quality, isn't it, today, to show some godly initiative to something. He sort of saw these walls have broken down and he just showed some initiative there. How many people know that, what initiative is? You know, if the lawn needs mowing, mow it. If the you know, house needs paint and painted, show some initiative. I'm just waiting for someone to tell me. You know, like... Jane here? You know, sometimes just waiting for someone to tell me to wash the dishes up, clean the kitchen, you know what I mean? Men, show some initiative. Don't need your wife to tell you to do it. It's not your mother. <laughs> Didn't marry your mother, I hope. But being able to show initiative is a godly thing to do. Turn to someone and say, I think he's talking about you again today. So 
We're training leaders. We're wanting to see people come in. New Nehemiah, it tells about this aspect. Let's get on with it. Nehemiah 2, chapter 2. And the whole book starts to breed of this, this feeling, if you look at it a certain way. Nehemiah is working as a cupbearer for the king, which essentially means he's a food taster for the king. Fairly prestigious position. Uh, there's a lot of respect there, a lot of trust that Nehemiah has with the king. We're talking about this time as a prophetic time for 2019. What we see is important. This year is like Nehemiah, he, learned, he taught the people how to have a spear in one hand and a sword in the other. Uh, sorry, a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other, so to speak, or a spear in the other. So it's the natural and the spiritual working together. It's the trowel that's able to build and in the natural, but it's also the trowel, it's, uh, the, sorry, the spear that is able to to work in the Spirit. So the natural and the Spirit working together in our personal life this year will be crucial. We talked about that having an obedient mind and a teachable heart. This year will be very important to have a teachable heart, one that's willing to learn again, to go again, to be inspired again in some different area. But you've got to have an obedient mind, otherwise it's easy to get off track very quickly. We've talked about in this time that Nehemiah was a man. We went through the five points we're going through. We talked about it. He was a, a man who was able to adjust his priorities to put the kingdom of God first. God's needs above his comfort. Remember that one? Uh, we talked about passion. Pastor Josh, the passionate guy, did one on passion, how passion's important. Remember, you know, when uh, she hasn't got a bandage on her head today. We're, I can't think. Where, where is Noel and Carmel? Where's Nolan Carmel? They're here this morning. There they are. She's okay that she's sitting further back this morning. She got hit by a pizza last week. Remember the pizza in the head? She's recovered from that. And I have to shout your lunch today because you didn't get it last week. We've got to shout your lunch. Uh, pizza in the head. Remember we had a pizza without passion? It was just the base. Pizza with, pizza with passion is important, isn't it? You've got to have something on top of it. And so Carmel's getting... Never, she'll never forget that point. Prayer was important. Remember we talking about stop and thinking and asking God. Today we want to talk about wisdom and how wisdom is important as a characteristic to be able to build your life and mine. That's important, isn't it? And here it tells us in chapter 2, it says in verse 2, Therefore the king said to me, Why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. Then I became dreadfully afraid, said Nehemiah. Essentially, Nehemiah has a personal problem. He has this personal issue with the walls breaking down. He's brought it to work. His boss has said, what are you sad for? And he goes, well, it's a personal thing. It's actually, you know, I'm bringing my home thoughts into work. King goes, I'm pretty committed to you. What's the challenge? What's the personal challenge? And he goes on, he says, the, he says to the king in verse 3, and he said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city and place of my father's tombs lie in waste and its gates are burned with fire? Isn't it amazing the first statement he says? And he says to the king, may the king live forever. What a great response, a heartfelt, what I would call a loyal response back to his boss. Imagine if you said to your boss, look, um, there's a few things happening in my hometown. I want to shoot back there. Can I do that for a while? And may the boss's business live forever. <laughs> you know, he goes, I'm listening to you, boy. He wasn't a taker. He was a giver. Nehemiah knew how to have good manners. He was a man who had a loyal heart, and the loyalty was reflected, I think, in his boss. 
They had a loyal relationship working together. And essentially, it was a smooth relationship. It was a good relationship, I think, as it starts to open out. Because the king goes, what's the trouble? And he goes, look, the walls need rebuilding and stuff. And the king goes, I'll supply some cash for that. I'll help you out and uh, send you on your way and give you some time out. And so he had, so to speak, 52 days of building. Today, I want to talk about that aspect of wisdom called loyalty. In James 2.14, it says this, If any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who God will give liberally. Wisdom is important to understand what you're asking for, in turn, what you're going to get. The word wisdom doesn't mean more knowledge. If any man lacks knowing what to do, let him ask of God, he'll tell you what to do. Now, the Bible says that wisdom actually means the ability to outwork truth. So it's your ability to apply truth to your personal life. So when a person lacks wisdom, oftentimes you don't get more information, you get more opportunity to outwork the truth. <laughs> uh-huh. But as you learn to outwork that truth and find it to work, therefore your test becomes your testimony, and in turn you can share that with another person at a later stage. I've come to know that if you do this, this, and this, and if you're loyal and you're trustworthy, that life will go well for you. And your friend goes, Really? You go, yep, if you live life like that. And so the test of our life becomes that testimony. Why? Because we've had the opportunity to outwork truth, which is called wisdom. Now, the Bible says that wisdom stands at the intersection of every decision you make. Every decision you make, wisdom stands there waiting to be inquired of. Whether you'll inquire of that wisdom or you just make your own decision. That's where prayer comes in, learning how to pray and to hear from God. And it tells us that, and Jesus goes on in the New Testament, it tells us that a born-again person has access to God because a born-again person has confidence before God to ask God of something. So being born again is an incredible opportunity to be able to have a confidence before God about what you're asking for and your ability to receive it. So it's wonderful, don't you think? To be born again, we can ask God for wisdom and we can be the wisest people on the planet when it comes to knowing how to outwork truth. What happens sometimes when you don't outwork truth is it's very dangerous because you can hurt yourself. You can fall on your own sword. You can, you can hurt yourself, is it? Like people sometimes don't seek wisdom and they feel sorry for themselves. That does never goes well. Never goes well. Feeling sorry for yourself. What's wrong with you? I'm just feeling sorry for myself. Yep, yep. Find some new friends, you know, I've got to find some new, new people to hang out with. And so wisdom is important. So in order to be effective kingdom builder, you need practical wisdom and experience that way. And we have got that, I'm sure, in lots of different ways. So we're talking today about an aspect of wisdom that's needed in life, and I believe it's loyalty. Loyalty can be misunderstood, manipulated, and be something we don't understand enough about is being a loyal person. The word loyalty means this, a strong feeling of support, allegiance, devotion, bond, dependability, trustworthiness, stability, firmness, adherence, obedience. A lot of different words it means, isn't it? As you start to look at it. So being a loyal person is a quality of your life. You might not think people look at you and say there's a loyal person, but they'll sure feel it if you are. They'll sure appreciate it if you're a loyal person. And can I say over the 13 years of being part of Freshwater here, I believe that I've been blessed with incredibly loyal people. Our staff, our pastors, our principals and school, our school leaders, our key team people, incredibly loyal people. 
The level of gross disloyalty would be about 1%, and the other 99% is fantastic. Incredible attitudes of our team and our church folk. Uh, the spirit of a, as a whole has been fantastic. You're always going to find people, of course, on the edge with a different spirit. But big picture, we are blessed with incredibly loyal people at Freshwater Church and Freshwater College. And I believe if you're going to preach and teach on loyalty, you've got to do it without any manipulation. Because if you've got an attitude, you know, it's my way or the highway, then it can only lead to one thing. And loyalty never puts you in a prison. It never does that. That's not the right spirit of loyalty if that's been presented in any way. And if, if someone tries to bind you up with loyalty, it's not right because it's not the right spirit because ultimately loyalty has to work both ways. Loyalty has to work both ways. If you don't give loyalty, you will not reap loyalty. So as people, as leaders, as husbands, as wives, as children, as bosses, we never manipulate loyalty. Some places, you know, you know, some places, it's with its church or business or whatever it is, every person that leaves has a problem. They have a problem. That's why they're leaving. That's not the goss of Freshwater Church. Sometimes when people are leaving, that's the call of God on their life. That's the shifting towns and cities. They're stepping up in so many different ways. I remember when uh, uh, Lynette came to me, who's now Pastor Lynette. She said, look, I'm thinking about doing these things and pastoring and stuff. And how many people know pastoring is not just a, a, a course you do or a title you get? It's, it's a lifestyle. I said, when you're signing up for this, Lynette, you're signing up for a whole lifestyle. Are you ready for that? You've got children, you've got a husband, you've got work, you've got study, you've got all these commitments. Where are you going to fit pastoring in? She said, look, I believe God's calling me to do that. And so we started the journey of, of presenting her to be a, an ordained pastor in ACC. It took years to do it. It took finance. It took study. It took preparation. It took forms. It took all of these different things to just to get through to that. But praise God today that she's a qualified chaplain. Uh, with the Navy, assigned to a boat uh, somewhere in Perth with her family, living fantastic. It's the best thing I ever did. Uh, isn't it good? It's not, not everybody that leaves is bad. You can never have that approach. You cannot have that attitude. But at the same time, leaving can be disloyal. But if I see every person who leaves is disloyal, then I think I am misunderstanding loyalty. It's not how it works. Some people are best suited to other places. Some people are called to other places. And you can't, but you can't build on people who want to leave. You can't do that. The thing about loyalty is it produces great fruit in your life. You love the story, don't you, about David and Saul. Saul was, uh, was a bad man. He's a bad leader. He's jealous, insecure, vindictive uh, leader. But one thing David did that he saw as slightly disloyal was to cut a piece out of Saul's garment. Uh, you know that story? He, he, Saul is there. David cuts a piece out of Saul's garment. And the big part of the story was he cut it in such a way that you could see Saul's underpants. That's why they were upset. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's what the big deal was about. <laughs> and, and David, you know, was, uh, it says he was sort of cut to his heart. He said he was challenged about that. See, sometimes... Like David, he was a loyal guy, but sometimes we do disloyal things. 
you know. But he was cut to his heart and he goes, that was being disloyal. I shouldn't have done that, even though he's a bad leader. That's not how I behave. That's not how I roll. No matter what he's like, that's not how I roll. And so, you know, sometimes we can do things that are, look disloyal. They probably are disloyal, but our bounce back ability is really important of how we do that. But loyalty is always tested and tested again in many different ways. We're only as loyal as who we are when we're in secret. So the biggest test of loyalty is when we're out of earshot from the other person. That's the test of loyalty. In Proverbs 27, 6, it says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. A friend is someone who is helpful. They may not always agree with you, but it comes out of a spirit that wants to be helpful. But the kisses, you know, the kisses, are speaking well of a person to their face, but talking evilly, 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 is that a word? It is today, evilly, (laughs) about them behind their back. So the Bible says those kisses that you've given them are actually evil kisses. When you've kissed them to their face and said, you're a great person, I really love you, and then you've talked about them badly behind their back, evil kisses. That's what it says there in Proverbs. These things are fairly important when it comes to loyalty. I think God takes it fairly serious. So we are to appreciate this is not just being good on Sunday and good in this room, but good at home, good with our buddies, good in our life group. Sometimes when everyone's off guard, it's a little bit more of a test of our loyalty. You can catch people off guard. But loyalty will always be tested by things like offenses, feeling hurt, feeling betrayed, sometimes feeling like, I think I could do a better job at this than you could. I remember a friend of mine, he was a pastor, a lovely pastor, and a guy in the church kept haggling all the time about the way the church was run and this like this. This guy met with him one day, the pastor met with him, and he said, mate, he said, I can see that you think you could do a better job, but God has anointed me to be the leader of this church and be the pastor. Would you let me pastor the church? You've not been made for it. You've not been equipped for it. I can see it's getting you down. It's getting you depressed. You're losing friends over it. You're losing sleep over it because God has not anointed you or designed you to carry the weight. Would you, would you release yourself of the pressure of doing that and release me to run the church and you can just be an outstanding follower? And the guy goes, okay, that sounds like a good idea. He said the other way wasn't working really well. See, sometimes it's just an understanding, isn't it? See, it's like wisdom. There's certain gifts that God gives us that we have to have the maturity to be able to understand when God gives people gifts and you don't have to be a Christian to have discernment you can have great discernment people have often have great discernment but you always need a spirit of wisdom to work with you to couple to that to know what you to do with what you discern Uh uh-huh otherwise it's easy in the immaturity of lack of understanding to go I saw that I saw this and I saw that but not actually have the maturity to go, God, what would you like me to do with that? I need wisdom to know what I should do. God might say, you need to pray and fast about what I've just shown you. Oh, no, I just want to run around and tell everybody. No, 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 no. The wisdom of God knows what? What's the word wisdom mean? How to apply truth. 
So how do I apply truth to this situation? Praying and fasting, Jesus said, some of these things don't come out unless you pray and fast. <laughs> That's applying truth to a situation. You may not like it, so to speak. It may not be what you'd like to do. It may not even be what your flesh wants to do that day. But that's where wisdom is far beyond your flesh and what it wants to do. It will just get you into trouble because all flesh is dumb. So loyalty will be tested by things like offense. But loyalty will live long and it will find a way to see the big picture and to see the big picture work itself through. Loyalty will always do that. A friend of mine who, you know, was a good friend, every so often he'd, he'd say to me, you know, when I get a little bit wound up, he'd say, in a hundred years from now, what will really be important? What will really be important is that person's salvation. That will really be important. So let's keep the important things important and let the other things slide or let's adjust them or whatever needs to be done. So if I'm going to be a person that um, has to see the big picture, like I said before, I've got to have a good bounce back ability. I'll have to get a long way back sometimes to see the big picture, but it's more imp- I've got to see that the big picture is more important than my personal wounds. That's wisdom, being able to do that. There's tests in loyalty, point two. Loyalty is active, it's never passive. Loyalty always has a voice. Uh Uh-huh. When people say things sometimes to us about life and about different things and circumstances, maybe the way they perceive something that actually happened, and we agree with them in our silence, that's not good, because because loyalty is always active, it's never passive. Uh-huh. Sometimes people come, well, I, they were going right off the head about this whole thing. I said, what did you say? Oh, I didn't say anything. You're just as bad as them in that conversation, because loyalty always has a voice. Loyalty says sometimes, hey, you need to stop. You're way out of line. But what's it say in Moses? There was a time when Moses and the people were talking, and Moses said, don't you fear God? Why are you talking like this? Don't you fear God? The gossip should hit stop when it hits a wise person. Come on, it, I trust it hit, stops when it hits you. And so people say something, I didn't say anything, but you didn't speak up either. Because loyalty always finds a voice. And you stand up and speak and uh, people will never come back a second time, I tell you. But I'm not going to get on board with disloyalty. Because I want to make a clear stand about what I think. And I want to show you exactly where I stand and why I stand there in that position. You may not agree with it. Because loyalty can be proven over time. It needs to be done. It needs to be proven over time because it has a capacity to endure seasons. Loyalty has an agenda. So does disloyalty. You see, I believe that you'll be tested in your loyalty every two years, three years five years and seven years and ten years you'll be tested in your loyalty how many people have been in this church longer than ten years how many people would agree with what I'm saying leave your hand up your loyalty gets tested in your marriage in your personal life when you're with a business your loyalty will be tested 
And it's not so that, you know, you cave in with it. It's, it's being able to say, okay, my loyalty has been tested. I know over the life of this church, I don't know how many pastors it's had in its 90-year history. I haven't added them all up, but we'll be getting up there with, um, we had at one stage, one every two years. The second year that I was here, every devil in hell turned up to get rid of me. You would not believe the fight that we had, kicking us out of town. It came down to this thought, it came down to this thought, I am not being chased out of town by a devil. I'll go if God tells me to go, but I'm not getting chased out of town by a devil. That is not a good testimony to God and the glory of God any stage. Because what we do today is marked by forever. What you do today will be marked by forever. We talked about that in the giving. God's already written the note. We could take up a second offering. He could change that. <laughs> but what you do today will be marked by forever. What you do tomorrow will be marked by forever. I don't think these things are just good talk and the good actions. God actually is listening. God is actually watching. You have a God who loves you and cares about your life that much. And so this will be tested. Jesus said at this stage, he said, Father, if, if this cup can pass from me, Please let it go. Loyalty right there. I'm in it, but if I don't have to go through it, it'll be a lot easier, but I'm in it for the long haul. Oh, may the kings rule forever. That's the same talk, same attitude, isn't it, in that way? Can I say number, next point is loyalty always involves sacrifice. Loyalty may even cost you your friends. Proverbs 18.24 says this in the Amplified Version. A man of too many friends chosen indiscriminately will be broken into pieces and come to ruin. What a weird scripture. Can I read that again? A man with, of too many friends will be broken into pieces and come to ruin. It says essentially, a man who has too many friends in the world and tries to keep his friends at any cost then he's going to have to be disloyal to some and loyal to others to try and keep them. And he's going to be divided. A house divided can never stand. So what's important there is that oftentimes, not to keep friends, but in being loyal and making decisions, you could lose friends. I know many times over my life, I've had to make a stand over certain things. I've just had to make a stand and go... I'm not here to please people. I'm not here to please my friends. I just have to make a stand because I believe it's the right thing to do. And I'm going to lose friends because of that. But I believe I'm doing before God the right thing. I believe I'm doing the responsible thing before God right now. In three years' time, I might be a lot wiser. But right now, with all the wisdom I've got, with all the understanding I've got, I have to make this decision. I'm going to be unpopular because of it. But I'm not in a, some, a, a spiritual, eternal popularity contest. I only got, an, I only got to play to an audience of one. And that's God himself. I don't know who that's a word for somebody today. I was just a little bit strong about it because you needed to hear that. So, so loyalty is active, it's definite, and it's clear cut. And oftentimes with friends, you've got to let them know where your loyalty lies. You're always going to be better off in the end because you know who stands with you or who or what life's about. This is why I think this. I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to be awkward about it. 
But I know who my God is. I know who rescued me. I know those God has put in my life and I know what uh, my life is about. I know uh, my non-negotiables. I know where God has called me to be. And if you live a commitment like that, you'll always do fairly well, I've discovered. And I've lost friends, as I said, over being loyal in God's purpose in my life. But I see people getting taken out more so by sitting in the middle and not making a step. Loyalty is a lifestyle. Loyal friends, loyal Christians, loyal in your marriage, loyal when it comes to God. Loyalty is a lifestyle right across your life, not just in one area. Disloyalty is actually a cowardly attitude. Being disloyal is a cowardly attitude. Judas is the best example of that. Being disloyal. He couldn't even live with himself. No matter how much you paid him, he couldn't live with himself. What a challenge loyalty can be to our life. But as we finish today and wrap up, Eventually, if you've been disloyal, it will come out. You can't hide it. You've been a disloyal person. It'll eventually come out in the next relationship, the next relationship, the one after that. So one of the things that I find, we're talking today about the rough edge of resilience, loyalty, and the value of loyalty and how to be loyal, and a prophetic insight perhaps to the character of Nehemiah that we may need to adopt in 2019 more than ever. The value of loyalty Loyalty has a voice. I'm going to lose friends over it. That's not my goal. But the Bible says that a person has a lot of friends. Watch out because there may not be a person who knows how to go. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And draw a line in the sand and stand in, in those places. And I believe God can build. This is where Nehemiah needed people who said, the yeses were yeses and the noes be noes. Hey family, you going to come and help us build? Yes sir, we'll be there. And he could rely on them and the wall was built and security and safety was held for many, many years to come because loyal people were there because they worked through the rough edge of resilience in their own life. And I don't believe they did it on that day. I believe they'd done it somewhere in their life so they could stand on that day. Fairly important, hey? So today my question to you is to consider again the value of loyalty and if that's something in your heart, you haven't been a loyal person, you can say, God, please forgive me for not being a loyal person. I'm not here to live under condemnation. Like David, I might, have, I might be a super loyal person. I just did one dumb thing. But my heart has convicted me I can change. Or you may be a super loyal person and you can be an encourager to other people. But it's a great opportunity today to, re- number one, repent and say, God, I really am sorry I haven't been loyalty, hasn't been top on my priority. I didn't think it was part of wisdom. Number two, Lord, help me to be a loyal person. I've seen the value of it today. It's a kingdom essential ingredient to living a good life. God, help me be a loyal person. I don't know how, God, you're going to do that. (laughs) Depends where you're coming from, I suppose, doesn't it? If you're behind the eight ball, it's hard. If you're already up there, you go, loyal, I want to be loyal, God, even more loyal. But I realize loyalty's got a voice in my marriage, in my personal life. And I can ask God for wisdom to help me because I've got confidence before God because I'm born again. 
so we can lack nothing. Father, we thank you today. If there's people here need to repent and say, God, I'm so sorry I haven't been a loyal person. I've had wandering eyes or I've had thoughts over the fence, down the road, around the corner. One dash of disloyalty can mark me forever. God, I thank you today that we can repent of these things and be restored in our hearts. Number two, if you're the sort of person that says, God, just I'm already loyal and I already get it, but Lord, help me to hold my heart true when, I, when the testing of loyalty comes, that I can stand strong again and again and again. Thank you, Lord. Marriages, businesses, personal life, relationships, friendships, family relationships, teenagers, young adults, learning the value of being a loyal person, a good friend. arms around the most loyal person you know right now. If you're a girl looking for a guy, look for loyalty. It's a great quality, but it's not built overnight. It takes time. You're building it right now. never know when you need to make a withdrawal. Father, we thank you today. This message does have a bit of an ulch in it. But also does have the comfort of the Holy Spirit in it too. Being loyal with people and to people, it doesn't put them in a prison. Thank you, Father, today. 